Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the MSP Show, your internet radio destination for the business information your managed IT services company needs to streamline operations, generate new revenue streams, and get more customers. And now your host, Stuart Crawford. Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Good morning to our friends out uh, west of the eastern time zone this, uh, this great day. My name is Stuart Crawford, and welcome to the MSP Show here on Blog Talk Radio. We'd like to thank the fine folks at Blog Talk Radio for giving us this great platform to help uh, share and bring news for uh, managed service providers who are looking at new ways to grow their business and uh, you know, get some good information about uh, you know, setting, up, setting up the business properly, marketing and sales, and, and, other, and key uh, partnerships. Today I have a very good friend of mine joining us today from Kelowna, British Columbia. Bryce Med is the... Uh, I believe a principal and uh, president, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong there, Bryce, on that, but uh, of Wealthy Tortoises, which is uh, a business strategy company uh, in the heart of uh, British Columbia. Good, good morning to you, Bryce. Good morning. Yeah, chief cook and bottle washer. Exactly, yeah. Insert uh, title here or whatever. Have you seen that new commercial <laughs> on TV? I don't know if you're getting it in Canada, but uh, for FedEx or something like that, when the small business owner goes to the counter and uh, gives himself a promotion, but couldn't get a raise at the counter when he's talking to the FedEx clerk. Couldn't negotiate a raise, yeah. That's great. That's right. That's that's how we feel some days. <laughs> anyway, welcome to you. Okay. Welcome, thanks for uh, taking time out of your day to join us here on the MSP Show. Now, uh, Bryce, you're no Happy stranger to, to working with uh, small businesses across Canada, United States, and even globally. And uh, I know you have, uh, you know, you're not from, you're not a stranger, you're not a stranger to the IT consulting game. You have clients that, that work in this space. But go ahead. Correct. For those people that haven't heard about your organization, Wealthy Tortoise, tell us a little, you know, give us the uh, the cliff notes or the Coles notes version of the uh, what you guys do. Well, Wealthy Tortoise uh, raises some eyebrows uh, with some purpose. Actually, we uh, chose the name Wealthy Tortoise because uh, Rich Turtle just didn't seem to be appropriate. But um, the, the idea is certainly motivated by Aesop's fable, the idea that slow and steady wins a race. And uh, in the financial realm, we really need to uh, step back, do a lot of work at the front end, and be thoughtful about the things that we're doing to put our business in place, to structure the business and uh, take the appropriate steps to set it up properly, protect it in the event of of eventualities uh, and risks, and, uh, and then anticipate that the structure that we put in place is one that's going to help us exit the business uh, at an appropriate time. Hopefully, it's with our life and with money uh, in a way that becomes uh, tax efficient and effective. So, is that almost like you're saying you start? You, you're saying start with the end in mind. You know, know what you want. No one. I, I had a client in Calgary once. Uh, I can't. You know, Jim Escavich, uh, or he used to be a president and CEO of a oil and gas company, he said he had a five-year plan for every business he started. Within five years, he wanted to exit out. So that would be the same kind of thing we're thinking about here is knowing when it's time to either sell or, or shut down the business, making sure you met your, uh, your goals, of course. Uh, if you start with the end in mind, or if you start from the end, uh, it's basically reverse engineering. Uh, if you know where you want to be three years from today, then the questions are what what would you have to do 
a year from now, a month from now, and a day you know, from now in order to move you to the, the direction of your, your goals, objectives, and, and dreams. So very, very, very critically uh, important step. Um, pay a lot of money uh, to get strategic coaching uh, for that kind of information. And I know, Bryce, that you know, I, I had an IT company in Calgary. That's why I think when we first, you know, I was trying to think last night when we met for the first time, and I can't even go back that far and know exactly, pinpoint exactly <laughs> when we met. But I, I used to, you know, you know, I ran an IT company in Calgary. We had two other partnerships. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I knew back then what I know now. We would have did things a little different. I'm sure Tony and Rob can attest this and say the exact same thing I'm saying. But you know, correct. Many small businesses are started because, hey, two buddies got together. They were either laid off from working at a bigger company or they had a dream, and one was good at selling it, and one was good at doing it, the engineering work, and that's very much what happens in the MSP space. Most companies are run by you know, two, three, four partners. Let's start at the beginning here. What, what are some of the challenges you see when you're consulting with your clients on partnerships? And... You know, where do they kind of go off course, and what would you recommend to, you know, very basic recommendations, because I know you can't cover it all in 30 minutes, but what would you recommend to them when starting a new business? Hey, they're, they're, you know, and I've lost friendships, Bryce, honestly. I've lost friendships because of bad business feelings. But what would you recommend to, uh, to a, a new partnership that comes to you and says, hey, we want to get started. Where do we begin? You bet. Everyone should begin uh, with an an awareness of the four D's. Uh, you have to ask yourself what is going to happen in the event of death, disability, disagreement, or a divorce. So the, the, in the conversation amongst partners, partnerships, shareholders, uh, it, it would be great to put those four those four conversations in the middle of the table and say, okay, what happens in the event that one of us dies? Um, <clears throat> there, there's so many variables that can come up. But, but you know, the, the beginning to a solution is, is, first of all, the awareness that something, something can happen, and if it does, what are we going to do about it? Um, and uh, and that's, that's the biggest challenge is that people – don't want to deal with those eventualities. I know when um, my old partner and I put our last firm together, and that's about the time that you and I met, Stuart, um, Craig Matthews and myself, and we sat down and hammered out our exit strategy. We hammered out all the details in terms of a formula for valuation, um, when we had nothing, we had we had we had a, a dream in in our uh, in our minds. We knew where we wanted to go, and and then we started playing what if and uh, what if uh, what if you know what if I died? What if you died? And what if what if we disagreed? And at some point in time, we wanted to you know split the sheets and go our separate ways. And uh, it's a rather ironic because at the end of our five-year business plan, we sat down. Um, and we had different views of the future. And having come to that awareness, we were able to simply refer to our agreement, which had the, the formula for valuing the business and 
what each of our shares would be worth, depending on who was staying and who was going. And, and it was actually pretty clean and simple. It, it wasn't, it, it's, it's emotionally stressful because, you know, you're giving up a, a, a part of your, your emotional life, but there, was a, there wasn't a lot of teeth gnashing about it at all. It, it made it really simple because we did the work in advance of, uh, and anticipated, you know, in this instance, we disagreed on the future of the company, and therefore we needed to refer to this agreement that would direct us as to what do we do next. So that was what, death, uh, disability, uh, divorce, and disagreement. I may not have those in the right order, Correct. but uh, I think those are the four main uh, forming areas there. So when you talk about divorce, and you know, kind of, it's, it's kind of a good thing to think about because you know it happens. You're talking about the divorce of the partnership, but you know, I've also seen businesses get really just, you know, flattened because of uh, a disagreement in the personal life and marital status. And should that be covered in the uh, in the shareholder agreement as well? Absolutely, but that, that's actually the divorce that I'm referring to. Uh, okay. Divorce. The, you have to imagine. Let's pretend you and I, Stuart, are in a partnership, and I am the person who's getting divorced. I have 60% of the company. You have 40%. We've built a we've built a good enterprise. It's it's worth a bunch of money, but um, that asset, my 60% interest in the company, um, my wife declares a 50% interest in that. And mm-hmm. now I'm splitting the sheets with her, so she's looking for 30% of the value of the enterprise. What are some of the options? Well, one option is when I'm settling my, my uh, creating my marital settlement with her, I might say, all right, well, you get 50%, you get my 50% of the company, and I'll take the house. <laughs> and yeah. all of a sudden, you, Stuart, my partner, just got a new partner. Uh, which is now my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> well, yeah, and, uh, I'll, I'll reserve uh, that's right, it's it's a family show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's where it can get really ugly, and so you, you need to sit down and think about those kinds of things. And and a well a well structured agreement anticipates, you know, what happens in the event of a divorce. Um, do Am I am I free to sell my shares? Uh, is that is a divorce a triggering uh, event for the dissolution of the partnership? You you so and I might have agreed at the you're beginning that if one of us trigger, you're talking about triggering the buy sell agreement, correct? The, the, that part of the agreement. Yeah, yeah. You and I, you and I agreed when we set up the partnership, for example, that if one of us has a marital breakdown, that is a triggering event for the, for perhaps a shotgun agreement or some some clause within the agreement that says, okay, I'm getting divorced. I, it's actually a requirement for me to liquidate, right, and monetize my interest in the business, and therefore I need you to buy me out. That, so mm-hmm. that you don't have my wife as a partner. Uh, if I and if I can't find the the if I can't find the uh, the funds uh, elsewhere to pay out her her interest in 
in uh, my shareholding in the company, then uh, you're going to have to buy the whole thing. So that's great setting, you know, setting it up from the beginning. You know, um, two years into this, Bryce, and I realize that you know I haven't got these things in place. You know, is it too late to start, or is it, or is it never too late to start? It's it's never too late to start. It's uh, it's it's when you realize and you think about the eventualities. And I, we all have got friends that we've watched go through really messy situations. Uh, those messy situations, in the large part, my experience has been that they can be avoided and prevented by sitting down, rolling up your sleeves, and going, okay. Now, we're two years into it, but we still need to attend to this. Um, unfortunately, uh, in my advisory practice, we try to ask the hard questions. I believe that that's what our our role is: is to ask the hard questions, you know, before they're actually on the table, mm-hmm. and 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 try to anticipate if something were to happen, what are we going to do about it? And so that's that's that that consulting role of, um, of an advisor as opposed to someone who simply is, is um, a salesman trying to sell something. Uh, in this instance, I'm trying to, I'm trying to emphasize that uh, our listeners are buying the wisdom and experience of, of an advisor uh, whether it's an insurance advisor, a financial planner, uh, could be somebody that's in the stock brokerage industry. But if they've got knowledge and wisdom around them, um, I call them subject matter experts. But they're people who have got specific expertise. They may not actually be sitting in my office, but they're a phone call away. And and I want to have as big a resource team for my clientele so that when instances like this happen, I know I have to make one phone call, maybe two at the most, um, to get an answer for, for my client in any situation. So that's all great information, Bryce. So let's take, we're going to pause like for 90 seconds here. You know, got to you know, help pay the bills here, got some sponsorship commercials to add. We'll come back, and we'll talk about uh, some other strategies for setting up the partnership. But we'll be back in 90 seconds, folks. Does your MSP website struggle to stand out from the crowd and get your company's unique message across to potential customers? Businesses have many options when choosing their IT services provider. And if you want them to choose you, it's important you make a good first impression. And that first impression will most likely come from your website. So it's essential that it stands out. Ulistic's MSP website service can provide you with exactly the website you need. For $2.97 a month, your managed IT services business will get a professionally designed, fully search-optimized MSP marketing website, custom content laser-focused on your core offerings and target markets, branded videos focused on your solutions, content delivered each day centered on what matters most to your customers, daily reports detailing who is visiting your site and what they are viewing, a monthly MSP newsletter, call analytics, and so much more. Don't delay any further. Potential customers are searching for an MSP right now, and Ulistic's MSP website service can help them find you. For more information, visit bestmspwebsites.com. As an MSP, you understand how important it is to offer dependable PBX service to your clients. Easy Office Phone's MSP program will expand your portfolio, generate recurring revenue, and build long-lasting client relationships. 
Become a full voice and data provider with a minimum impact to your business and let us take care of sales training, deployment, and support. Offer your customers the same kind of telephone service that big companies enjoy. Visit easyofficephone.com today to learn more. Well, thanks to uh, Carl and the gang over at Easy Office Phone for uh, you know for helping our sponsorship of the MSP show. This is Stuart Crawford, and we're talking with Bryce Smith from Wealthy Tortoise and Wealthy Tortoise. Uh, I like that better than Rich Turtle uh, from uh, Kelowna, British Columbia. We're talking about structuring our companies uh, from the right correctly from the beginning. And I said, like I said, I'm not just sitting here going, I wish I knew all this information. Even when I started, you lifted because I can tell you stories about the that early days of that partnership. But Bryce. You know, you hit the nail on the head there with the four Ds. Let's let's talk about um, you know going into business with friends and uh, and people that we know because we know in the MSP community and unlike or like other small business uh, environments, a lot of people get into business with friends. And you know, and I you know I can share with the uh, you know with the listeners say that the friends that I started realistic with, unfortunately today we're not talking to each other too much anymore. So how can we avoid? Uh, any co- potential conflict there, or should we even get into business with our best friends? Uh, I have uh, done it. I have avoided it. Uh, I can relate to the conversation, but I, I think the, the, the whole the, the, the whole challenge of the things that get in the way are um, are related to what we're talking about, which is. You know, go in with your eyes wide open. Talk about talk about the tough issues in advance of them ever happening. Um, you know, I, let, let's just take some, the, the 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 one that is uh, a couple that are most mindful are uh, in the event that one of your partners die or becomes disabled. If we were to sit down and say, okay, well, how do we how do we deal with that off the you know right off the off the top? It's really easy to lay that risk off onto the insurance industry and it costs us pennies on the dollar for us to to negotiate and that's what a that's what an insurance agent does is there negotiating with an insurance carrier that says i've got a i've got a partnership uh, situation here it's worth uh each each side of it is worth a hundred and fifty thousand dollars well, you know, if you're 40 or 50 years of age, we're talking about a cost of less than $1,000 a year probably to buy term insurance, which just covers off and puts insurance in place in the event that somebody were to die. We need to do the same thing in the event of disability. That's one of those situations that you don't think about. You know, uh, Stuart, I, I, and I can cite a couple of examples that I've worked on and and it is my own my own former partner who um in the wealthy tortoise had a heart attack uh, at age 46 and and never came back into the practice and so the the, the triggering event was if he was out of the practice for 24 months that was a triggering event for us to create a buyout of his interests um, he had disability insurance in place that took care of his income requirements so that it wasn't putting a stress onto our practice that we had to keep feeding him and his family. Um, at the same time, I couldn't rely on 
him and his talents and skills and abilities because he was um, disabled. He was physically disabled by the heart attack, but more importantly, he was emotionally disabled. Uh, that mm-hmm. heart attack for a 46-year-old absolutely took him right out of the business. Yes, I can, can I can understand what that you know what that person will be going to. Bryce, let me uh, let me kind of ask you this then. A lot of uh, smaller IT consulting companies or one-man consulting uh, organizations. Hey, you know what? It's just me. I'm the I'm the the salesperson. I'm the technician. I'm the the bookkeeper. What can a small company, let's say one to three in uh, you know in size, because a, a disability like a heart attack would you know if it, that person was practicing on his own would 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 have just basically you know ruined it, ruined his or her life. You know, my hey, my income's relying on me consulting. What can I do to protect myself? Definitely um, looking uh, for disability coverage. There's a you can protect your loss of income uh, due to a disability. And the key for our listeners um, around disability is that the the premium that you pay is in direct correlation to the quality of the definitions that are inside those insurance contracts. So you might find a disability contract that doesn't seem like it costs much, but if you read into the contracts, the definitions of disability, um, that's how the company limits its risk. Uh, and, and so, again, you want to hire, have a, a solid insurance professional, if that's the case, um, who is helping you distinguish the differences between uh, a, a contract that has really poor definitions versus a really high-quality contract, which will cost more. Let's not kid ourselves. But it will protect you in a great, much greater number of circumstances. And so for that one to three, first thing is make sure you've got adequate protection to protect your family um, or yourself so that your your day-to-day costs and living expenses are protected. Uh, and then if there's a partnership, there's a group of, uh, of two or three, uh, sit down and have this conversation. It, it doesn't have to be very costly in order to protect yourself. The other thing that I'd really encourage, and I've seen this through the financial services industry, the financial services industry is getting really gray hair. People are aging a lot. And I'm really an advocate for people who practice by themselves to get together and huddle up with another single practitioner, sit down over a cup of coffee and, and you know, figure out if that's somebody whose values are something that mirror your own so that you could look and say, you know, if something happened to me, I'd actually be okay with Stuart, you going, stepping in and contacting my clients because we kind of think alike and we do business in the same way. I do the same thing as an MSP. I talk to some of the guys that you, you know, might think are your competitors and, and put a pretty simple plan in place in behind that says, you know, if something happened to me, would you be willing to step in and service my clients? Mm-hmm. It's uh, doctors do it all the time. It's called a locum. Um, we, we we need to get out of our own way in a lot of instances, and and uh, there's 
there's so much greater good to be to to be gained by collaboration, and that's one element uh, where that small practitioner can really gain some benefit. Just it's one, put the insurance in place, protect yourself, and two, sit down with some of the guys that you know in the industry and say, hey, if something happened to me, would you uh, would you consider jumping in and uh, doubling your client? your clientele by looking after my people while I'm getting back on my feet. So that's, that's, that's uh, really good advice to Bryce. And, you know, I think uh, for a lot of us in the MSC space, we're, we're very, we're very small. So we don't, and I know deep down inside a lot of uh, the listeners out there are really, you know, they really care about their clients. So we would never want to leave them, uh, leave them hanging uh, in case something happens. So, the, the last kind of question I have for you, um, and this may not be uh, something that you can focus on, but I think you can address it anyways. Is, and I had a call, a, a talk with a client this morning about this uh, on this the topic. What about errors in admission and setting up the company uh, properly uh, to protect you know any any you know any of that liability? Say somebody wants to take a take a run at you for um, some sort of uh, Error that one of your engineers made, or or something happened, and you know you find yourself in a courtroom. What can you do, or what can you advise people on to make sure, hey, legally and uh, you know your well-being and your lifestyle is uh, is is protected. Well, first of all, I'm not a lawyer, so this is my disclosure statement. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. the, the, the very first thing is is you've got to you've got to if you're going to be giving advice and structure like that um, in Canada uh, a limited liability corporation or a corporation puts a a firewall between you as the shareholder or as the as the MSP service provider as an individual and and your corporate operation so Incorporating and operating as an incorporated company would be the very first step. Um, if there's negligence, all of a sudden uh, those that wall or barrier comes down, and you become personally liable as well. But it, the laws are different for every province and state. Um, but that's that, that's always been the basic premise behind incorporation: is to a corporation is a legal a legal person or entity. And um, and you're you're putting that structure in place to provide a barrier uh, between that liability coming back to you as the individual, as opposed to uh, keeping it in the company. So gotcha. that, that would be my very first comment. Uh, I I'm not sure, uh, Stuart. You would know better than I. Uh, is there errors and omissions protection available in the MSP realm? There is. There's, um, from what I understand, in conversation with my client this morning, uh, one of the leading organizations uh, offers it, but he says very, it was very basic and wouldn't go above one million dollars in protection. Uh, I think today, uh, you know, businesses need more than just uh, just that one million mark. So, yeah, it's available, uh, and and I think I believe it's something that uh, all. All, NG, all companies should have just to make sure that you know if something goes wrong, you're protected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with uh, 
with the various designations that I have, I'm required to, you know, as an example, we carry millions of dollars of coverage for errors and omissions because uh, the, the advice that we're, we're providing is, uh, is, has ultimate value in the millions of dollars. Couldn't, couldn't mm -hmm. imagine operating without it. Exactly. So, Bryce, we have like a minute left uh, to wrap up here. Uh, is there anything that you would wanted to, wanted to pass along to the listeners today that we haven't had a chance to discuss? And then also, you know, I'm inspired by what you have to say, and I wanted to reach out and talk to you. What's the best way for uh, those uh, listening to the program, either live here on Blog Talk Radio or, or later through iTunes, to uh, reach out to you? Uh, you can reach us at uh, my personal email is Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E, at WealthyTortoise, T-O-R-T-O-I-S-E dot C-A. And uh, we have a toll-free number as well. It's 1-877-860-2323. And uh, I would really encourage the listenership to Consult with the people that uh, you value as advisors, and uh, we're certainly willing to have a, a conversation as well to see if we can be helpful. And uh, in, in every instance, I really, really encourage business owners. Uh, at the end of the day, the reason we build a business is to increase our personal net worth. So the value of Ulystic, the value of the wealthy tortoise, at the end of the day, it's all intended to add to our personal net worth and so we have to pay attention there's a real good reason to pay attention to the business that we build and protecting it so that at the end of the day presuming you know the odds are that we're going to live a long and healthy life and that the business that we build is going to become uh, able to be monetized and a financial contributor to our retirement uh, or our financial independence and lifestyle as we uh, as we go on in years. That's wonderful, Bryce. Thank you very much again for taking time out of your morning to come and join us here. It's always a pleasure to uh, have 30 minutes on the phone with you, and I know how valuable your time is. So once again, I appreciate you uh, taking so much time out of your day to join us today. Thanks very much, Stuart, and thank you to the listenership. Thanks, everyone. Uh, so this is Stuart Crawford signing off for the MSP show for this week. Tune in uh, next week. We'll have another great uh, show lined up. And if you're in the Atlanta area, join us on January 23rd at the Artmore Hotel downtown Atlanta for our road show coming through Atlanta again, January 23rd, ulistic.com slash Atlanta. And if you're in the Charlotte area, February 20th, we'll be in Charlotte docking, uh, doing the full day of uh, MSP sales and marketing training. We'll have a great, uh, great sessions planned. You feel free to join us on that day, February 20th in Charlotte, January 23rd in Atlanta. See you all, folks. This has been another episode of